We stayed way too late. We made poor choices, yeah. and then we're like, oh, we gotta go up and ship and get back. Yeah, but if two stories are right, I'm just kidding. Totally just at this point. I know. I, I really honestly should do something, but okay, no, you're fine. See if we can still just work here. Jeff is about to spirit tackle you. I might actually start crying. This is the pie. I'm thinking of my. I'm recording, so yeah, we can totally use this. My favorites. Oh God, babe! I got my favorites. I need you to stop. Think in your head. Jason's doing it, and he always talks out loud when he's when he's working, and even he's being quiet. Okay. It's the internet. You're busy. Let's just do this. Let's just get it over with. Oh, God. This is our last podcast from Los Angeles, you know, California. You know, your most overused me. phrase is just do this. And, well, you know what? No, that's, yeah, in my writing for sure. But that's the, that's the tagline or the opening to the podcast. It's the internet. It's a catchphrase. It's adorable. We're busy. Let's do it. It is adorable. It's better than his other bad catchphrases. Like, you're busy. Well, I mean, it's no, all that's part. Good too. It's all. Pa- oh, that's good. That's too. all make Jeff feel bad that he's like tired. Grumpy. Yeah, I'm like, that's I, all pick on Jeff. I was literally just crying 30 seconds ago before we started this. <laughs> Dean wasn't now, taking it seriously. Yeah, Dean's like over your work. When are you gonna start this podcast? It's you on. We're, this is the podcast. It's like you don't start a podcast. Can you stop Wait. wasting Dean's time, please? This is like, like <laughs> this is like this we've is, been this trapped is, here. This is this is like three plus drunkenness. No, no, no. I am Definitely. not starting over. <laughs> this is it. All right, let's, that's let's, how I introduce ourselves. Let's civilize ourselves. So, okay, I'm Jeff Grubb. I'm, I, I guess, I'm your host for this mess, this absolute hot mess. Uh, with me is Jason Wilson, managing editor. Say Hello, Mike Minotti, a man. No, use your voice. They don't. They can't associate a name with a snapping. I pointed and smiled. For the record, we are recording this at 12.09 a.m. There's no camera. Pacific. Uh, Dean Takahashi, another man. That's me. I actually speak. Oh, man. Dean's sassy tonight. And rookie reporter, Stephanie Chan. Hi, it's like three turn of sassy a Vader. Not a man. Takahashi. Okay. So, I think our idea for this podcast is we're just going to talk about the best thing we saw today. We're going to talk about all of my favorites. Oh, my God. He's going to talk for two hours. So number one, Days, days gone. gone. Number two, Days Gone. <laughs> he talked about me yesterday behind my back. Yeah. I, Did we? we? Almost every episode we talk about Dean Takahashi <laughs> behind his back. Um, uh, I'm sure we did, but I don't remember what we said. Dean would feel so bad about being mean if you hear all the nice things I say to about him to like every PR person I meet. Yeah, he feels uh, so humble. Oh, he likes it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> calming down. Yeah. <laughs> this so, was the last footage of the Games Beat team. Yeah, <laughs> they were never heard from. <laughs> and yeah, this is the Blair Witch Four. What is this? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, let's just everyone do one game. What was your favorite thing today? Uh, who wants to start? I'm gonna start first. So the best thing that I've seen the entire show happened to be today, and oh, this is Jason, by the way. Uh, it's a game called Genesis Alpha One, and this is published by Team Seventeen, and it's a little ex- takes a little bit of explanation. Yeah, because when you were explaining it to us, I couldn't quite get it, and then we all we all watched the trailer a little bit yeah. ago, and I was like, oh, this actually looks very rad. Yeah, so it's a mix. And this comes from a developer in England called Radiation Blue. It's a mix of space exploration, spaceship construction, and management, first-person shooter, and a little bit of horror thrown in. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse again, yeah. And in a way that I've never played 
before. So what happens is the beginning is kind of generic, you know, Earth's in falling apart and all the governments of the world are squabbling and they can't help. So these three corporations decide they're going to save humanity and start exploring space. Where do you so come in? You are the captain of one of these three ship, corporations ships. And you're like choosing one of the corporations to work with? Or yeah, you choose which one. And each one is different. One corporation has a look that feels very reminiscent of the corporation from Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, another one has a feel that's very sleek and very artistic and then they didn't show the third one um and what you're doing here is you're going through the the galaxy exploring and you're looking for things to help humanity find a new home and so as you're doing this you're building your ship out and you, you research different parts of your ship to build it out you have to get resources so you send when out you, a harvester ship okay when you're building it up is it is it like a third person game or is it like a 2d sort of like uh drag and drop like it's a parts. drag and drop and it's like you're 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 building a ship in a ship builder such as say uh Herbal? Nah, kind of like that or galactic civilizations three mm-hmm. where you're taking off pieces and just kind of building the ship like kind of just gluing it together almost, yeah. yeah and um but there's no rhyme to reason how you do it. you could do it sort of right. like the devs i i made fun of the devs and i said your ship is very asymmetrical guys mm-hmm. and then he had to I don't know, he felt self-conscious and decided to put another <laughs> engine on the other side to balance it out. But, um, so you send out a harbinger ship to go explore planets you find, and you can go on this, or asteroids or other things. Sometimes they'll bring back nasty creatures that invade your ship, you have to shoot them. And But it's like, it's not just like, you're not still in the menu system when that happens. Like, no. they, they get in your ship and they're yeah. taking over, and you have to deal with this in first yeah, person. Yeah, in the first person, yeah. Right. That's and where it was like, it was like, oh, I could see how this is. Very yeah, and you have to go into the tunnels right. sometimes of the ship and, and, and find these things, and sometimes they'll lay eggs and try to take your ship over, or they'll just destroy a part. One example in the demo I had is they destroyed a whole part of the ship and. This whole section was gone, and there's this like little catwalk that was left mm-hmm. that you could go about when you're in your spacesuit. Um, sounds a little prey like to me, it's a, which is actually you know nice compliment. Yeah, and then on top of that, mm-hmm. you clone, and you could clone humans or you could clone aliens that you find, but they're not going to act like aliens because they're going to be raised among humans, so they think they're human, but they're not, and then. You can mix. That's what happened with me. <laughs> and then you can mix, yeah. And then you can mix that alien DNA into humans for interesting hybrids. <clears throat> so it, it's unlike anything I've ever seen, and unlike anything. Yeah, it's. Un- I mean, I've just, come across. And Jesus, I've been playing video games. I mean, I think you could say a lot of games are are a mix. You've started, right? I think you could say a lot of games are a mix. Yeah. So, but this one, it's a really kind of a really easy yeah. and fast and quick way that's accurate to describe yeah. this. Yeah. And. It's and just a good mix of a bunch of different things. One of the interesting things about its aesthetic is, you know, all the system menus and stuff look like a a, a mouse interface from a DOS game, mm-hmm. which just kind of rang home for me. That's kind of that was like the thing that I actually really liked when I like the most when I was looking at it. That like it, that DOS like interface right. looked really cool to me. I was like, oh, I'm like into that specifically. Yeah. And, and it's built by three guys back in England and. Apparently, they're very smart and very clever. And so when I asked Pierre about, well, you know, turning the corporations to save that, are they trying to say something? The PR wasn't sure. And then when I asked about, well, what about the cloning? You know, if 
you're you're cloning alien species into the human race. Are they trying to say something about the dangers of cloning in the future? And the PR didn't know. So hopefully I'll learn that at some point once yeah. I talk to Radiation Blue. But, you know, it has the potential to raise some interesting questions as well as present some very interesting gameplay scenarios. Yeah. But when you die... You then inhabit, it's a roguelike, so your character doesn't come back. You inhabit the next highest ranking character on the ship, and that becomes and your, your ship captain. continues. So like, yeah. what, what, okay, what makes it a roguelike? Like, I mean, not just that your character dies, like, what do you lose? Like, did your character, was your character getting upgrades and stuff? Yeah. And, but you find the artifacts, and those are permanent. And right, so okay. those will bring the sense of progression as right, you go okay. through. So, yeah, roguelike. Like roguelike, like adjacent or whatever it is at this point. It's like the state of the decay two, uh, where you lose a person and then you you move on to the next person. That's your game then. You know, everyone gets one game, Dean. So your favorite game no, you saw today was Decay. Okay. okay. Well, you better be careful. So that is. Yeah. Yeah. That is pointed out a similarity. That is to that game. is Genesis, Genesis Alpha One and. Just like I've, I've got, got this great, car around. I've got a great game. Wait till you guys hear. And I wonder what it could be. <laughs> and sadly. I can't tell you when it's going to come out because it's TBA, but it's going to be on consoles, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, that's one that we're going to probably actually going to be talking about more once it, once it does come and out. Thank you so for listening to Jason's show is over now. Yes. Oh, okay. I, 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 you're probably right, but that was actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we talked about that game because I didn't really care the first time you explained it, and then you explained it more yeah. and more, and okay, I'm starting to get this, and when we saw the trailer, it's like, all right, it really clicked. Okay, Mike. I know you want. You were already ready to go. Oh, you have it locked and loaded. Oh yeah, it's all. It's all about Mario. The Holy Three is about Mario. Only threes ever, I think, were leading up to this to, point. To this point that we could play so Super Mario to, to, Odyssey. To Mike Minotti specifically playing Mario. No, oh my god, Jesus, damn. this is good. Super Mario Odyssey is not just the best game I've played at this E3. It might be the best game I've played at E3. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. Me and Stephanie actually went together. To look at it and like it's funny because like they they, they 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 want desperately to get me to play Splatoon 2 first because they know once I start Mario I won't leave but like we walk by it I'm like oh it's open right now why don't we go right there he's like oh yeah, don't worry it'll still be open <laughs> like, it's dragging me I'm like but I want to play Mario I know what Splatoon 2 is uh gosh did you ever play Splatoon 2 we did play Splatoon and that was fine but I only get one game uh Mario is just just so freaking fantastic. I, I wrote a longer longer kind of uh, preview of it that's on Games Beat that uh, people should look at. Well, I mean, what makes it so good? Because it is that it is like this perfect combination of that creativity in Mario Galaxy, where it seems like just like every ten seconds something different and okay. interesting and new was happening, but with that open aspect of Mario sixty four that I really liked, where. Hmm. It, not just that it's open, like, oh, you know, you can walk around anywhere, but, like, there's all these nooks and crannies that I love. And because the moons, which is the equivalent star, since there's so many of them, the rewards are so much more better for all these nooks and crannies, right? Like, you look up, and you, you go up to some high place, you look around, you see, like, several different areas, like, okay, I need to go there. And then, like, on your way there, you see three other things, like, oh, no, I need to do that first. I need to possess... I, the whole possession mechanic is just so charming. Like, that first time I, you take over a bullet bill... And now you're soaring over something. Um, but the one time I was like trying to get past some gap, you could also just throw your head out and make it a platform. And like I kind of like missed my jump, but then a blue pill flew into my hat, so I possessed him instead <laughs> of falling to my death and saved myself that way. Just all these little things. What was the what was the strangest thing you possessed? Uh, probably just like a pole. 
<laughs> and then you like you used to pull to fling yourself like with you giving you a lot of momentum, which was like you like fling yourself out of the pole, like because like, yeah, it's yeah. like a bendy pole kind right. of a thing, yeah, like a safety cone type thing. Yeah, and it was like you know you pull, and then like once you're in it, you pull back on the joystick, and it's like a boing, and you fly out of it. Okay, that's, that's cool. I could look at that. That's like a really good description of like the possibilities of what they're doing with this. Right. So like you're not just a static pole. You're 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 Mario as the pole and flinging yourself out of it like Mario. Then like D couples from it and it's flies just, through the air. I, I really yeah, like that it's just, idea. Like, so it's all these like, so like they have those kind of telescopes from Super Mario 3D Land that you use. Except like you know you, you try to go up to and push A and nothing happens. You have to actually possess that even, mm-hmm. and then like you literally are the telescope looking <laughs> out of it, and that's how you're seeing things. Did Nintendo have a name for it besides besides possession? Do they are they calling it possession? I, I forget. I forget. The, the, the hat's called Cappy. I know that. That's good. I don't know what they're what I, they're calling. That's pretty good. I feel like there's probably a more Nintendo-friendly word than possess. Yeah. Year, yeah. Yeah, but they're like, they have a very strict just, rule about it or something. Just like some of those, like, little things. Like, the start menu. Like, there's actually a map. Like, you push the minus button, and it's a map comes up. And there's those flagpoles, so it used to be, like, the mid-checkpoints, like the checkpoints. Mm-hmm. But they're actually waypoints now in these, like, open worlds. But, like, even the map is great, because they literally make it look like a travel brochure. It's like, in oh, the wow. middle is the map, and on the left's like, here's where you are, here's some facts about it. And, like, some of them might even be, like, hints to where maybe some of the moons might be. Hmm. It's just, like, it's just, it's so charming and cool. Oh, man. And just so many little things. Just buying Mario a Chicago gangster outfit, and now he's running around in that. Each level, like, there's, like, universal coins, but each level also has its own purple coins. That are like there's like a set number of those like 100, while the yellow coins are kind of just you know plentiful and mm-hmm. just oh, it's just so much fun. I could just play it that the, the rest of that that whole day and right. the rest we're, of tomorrow. And we're only like what like four months away from it, so yeah. I can't wait. October 27th. I, yeah, yeah. I'm super pumped for it. Four and a half months. I mean, I love the 3D Mario games, and this one like really does look like it could be the best one yet. All right, Dean, you want to give us yours? Oh, yeah. It's Uh-oh. got a long name. Uh, let me add it to it. It's two words it's long. It's Wolfenstein 2, CFT's God of War. Way oh, up, my God. Up. How's that? No, you're, How's that? you're bad. <laughs> I, I was almost excited <laughs> at first because, oh, Wolfenstein, it's a good, this game actually I know. forward to. And <laughs> Get back in your E3 <laughs> hole, you, Dean. You know, Dean. All, right. All right, if you force me to what? What? Never mind. <laughs> what? I'm forcing you to one. All right, a way out. I like a way out from Electronic Arts All right, and the uh, Light and... We all know it's a very unique game. It uh, has this uh, cool co-op system, split screen or uh, just single screen at times. Uh, yeah, like it's one flash between both, yeah, but two, like most of the time it is always split screen. Yeah. You have one guy on the other one screen, other guy on the other screen, and uh, they didn't show uh, one of the cool things about it in the E3 um, uh, demo. But um, they had this hospital scene where the two brothers are caught in a hospital, uh, they get separated, and the cops are chasing them. And um, for a while, they, you know, they, they kind of start um, you know, with the split screen, and they're escaping separately, and you could either watch on the other side. But then it shifts to one brother, or one of the guys, uh, and you follow that guy for a while. And then seamlessly, if you succeed, then it, it, it shifts the camera down to the other guy, you know, without ever breaking like a, like the, the point of view. Um, and so uh, then it becomes that guy's turn to escape, and it all becomes a single screen. And then you know they 
sometimes we'll have a cinematic on one side and then sometimes we'll have the gameplay going on on the other side. Uh, so, and, and all of these actions that each uh, uh, sub other person does is, you know, affects the other one. And so, like, you know, if you, if you choose to run a certain way, you might lead the cops away from one of the other guys. Well, let me ask. Are, yeah. Were you playing by yourself? Uh, I was... For that part, they were just showing, you know, okay. right, to a group of us. In, uh, in well, a okay, but, session, okay. Right? but was it just one person playing or two people playing? Uh, when they did the actual demo, it was me playing with another journalist. Okay, okay. Yeah. It seems like that's the way to do this game. Yeah, yeah I'm so just... That I'm, was, about, and that, was, that one was a gas station robbery. I was just, like, wondering, like, yeah. if it, like, works, like, if it is single-player, like... Mm-hmm. You're like switches switching between the characters. Do they? No, it's two 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 it is human two. players. Okay, right? cool. Yeah. yeah. So I just, and, but it has to be two wonder. human players yeah. too. You can't play it by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Yeah. That's oh, what that's I was wondering. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, interesting because like their other famous game, Brothers, is kind of famous for being a game that you think would be co-op, right, but, but it's it specifically yeah. not because you're drawing two players at yeah. once, but it's with two thumbsticks. But now they're full on, like yes, super yeah. co-op. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. It, it's a game that's like really kind of uh, sticking with me more than I thought it would uh, out of the press conferences, uh, seeing that trailer and the, the, the idea of like a permanent split, sc- split screen, permanent co-op, um, I don't know, it's very different. It kind of makes me want to yeah, try yeah, it myself. It's some amazing scenes, that gas station robbery scene, you know, you have to anticipate what your partner is going to do right. in, in this robbery. Uh, right. And... You know, you have to sort of uh, nail down one end of the store where the other guys, you know, uh, trying to get into the And it almost seems like, it, I mean, it would be kind of even interesting as a, um, even without voice chat. Like, I mean, if you have voice chat, I'm sure it, I'm sure it's better in a way. But, you know, in real life. You, well, it seems like it's best for really couch co-op. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be great. But, like, even if you were playing online, like, uh, and you weren't talking to the other person, like, if you were doing two different things you couldn't talk to each other if you're in prison you don't have a radio or something so it'd be almost like yeah you kind of do have to predict what they're going to be doing and why they would be doing it and how they might be approaching it and try to you know yeah like the gas station you can go into it fairly quietly or you can go in kind of guns blazing Mm -hmm. but what grabs me about this game is how you can see some issues about the how it brings up some issues on the commentary of how we approach prisons in america and you can it, it just takes a look at at something that most people don't even give a second look to although there've been a bunch of games about prisons in C3 although I can't think of any of them yeah but but this one it looks at it in such a stark manner i that, I, I haven't that, seen enough of it to, to know that for sure but like what like would you see like well you know you know where, where all the, all the inmates are and, and your two characters are in and their strips start naked so they're holding all their clothes as they come in. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, it's like and, the hazing yeah. process. Well, you know, the well, not hazing so much as indoctrination. Yeah, yeah. Showing you I, that, you know, you come in here and, you know, we're shipping you bare of everything. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're going to have to deal with this one way or another. And how the, this friendship spawns between these two people in there and how they work together. Yeah, I... I wonder shows if it's, that the bonds that do develop yeah. inside the walls of the prison, which you I, know, I would we hope, don't really talk enough about it. Yeah, but I, I don't. Yeah, but I don't know if this game is just playing that for cinematic effect or if it's really going to well, actually explore. It could be, but even even exposing people to the idea. Yeah, but I mean, something is, is good. But we've seen that in like shows like Oz. But the heritage yeah. of this developer, Big Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a tale of 
two sons, uh, with, you know, you know where they're going with this. Yeah. Like, it, it's going to be a very emotional game. Yeah, very, right. Very but, I mean, that, yeah, game. the bonds between but people, I could see that. I just, especially, I, especially now, you know, with the mandate to the Trump administration to go over, you know, all, you know, the harsh sentencing laws and, you know, go for, you know, maximums and mandatory minimums and all that. The prison industrial complex. Yeah, it'll be really interesting <laughs> to see fires, how uh, You know, he... he he promises you're going to, you know, love this game, or you can come back and break his legs, right? <laughs> and then go to prison. He's just a funny guy. Does, does anybody okay. else think that Brothers uh, Tale of Two Sons has a really redundant subtitle? <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. It's always bothered me. The, you know what? You know the thing that's inherent about Brothers? <laughs> they could have just. They, they are just, two sons. They just called that well, game Brothers. But, oh, unless, no, unless yeah, you're in yeah. a family where you have more than one brother. Which, yeah, but I that's think, not. That's not what that game is even about, though. All right, we're gonna move on from this before we go down another hole. I thought we were gonna talk about Days Gone and the Steve Dudes. Stephanie, <laughs> what was your favorite game for today? Uh, my favorite was Gorogoa, which wasn't a surprise because I think um, they demoed it at. I don't know if it was that last E three, but definitely other conferences. But um, it's by an independent developer named Jason Roberts, and it's being published by Annapurna. Um, I think it's supposed to come out later this year. But it's basically like a puzzle game. There's like, <clears throat> there isn't any text or anything, but like basically you look at it. It's like four tiles that you kind of move around and manipulate to solve puzzles, and it's all hand drawn. It kind of reminds me of um, like Chris Van Allsburg, like the Mysteries of Harris Burdick, kind of like mysterious hand drawn kind of thing. Um, I think what's cool is like the, the puzzle solving itself is kind of innovative because you like kind of zoom in and out of the pictures. Yeah, you click on a picture and then you zoom in mm-hmm. and there's like, you, you just sort of see the picture kind of go, go by you. Right? Yeah. And like you can zoom into like a window and then when you drag the tile, maybe like the outside of the building will come off and then leave like a second tile with the inside of the, the room. So there's like kind of a play on perspective. Sometimes the tiles interact with each other. And then if you solve enough puzzles, there starts to be like this sort of interdimensional aspect to it. Like um, you start seeing like the character in sort of different situations that aren't exactly, it almost seems like he's like in a parallel universe. <clears throat> so it seems like yeah, there's like they a... have that effect where, you know, mm-hmm. you zoom in and then it turns to the right or something like that. And so like it feels like you're in a 3D space even though you're playing with 2D tiles, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Hmm. And sometimes you'll have two tiles interact. Like um, if it's like a plank, you might try to get one, like a heavy object on one tile and it makes the plank tilt. And then when you zoom out on like the second tile, it like has interacted with the world somehow, so... It's pretty cool. Yeah. It seems like there's some kind of story. I don't think we really got to see. Yeah, I interviewed the guy, Ed, and he's mm-hmm. worked on it for five years all by himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a small team of like say, some artists, but mostly himself. And he handed this game to Annapurna almost as a finished game. And they, they said, you know, we'll take it. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, like, that there, there's this sort of creature, a magical creature that this kid sees when he, he's a kid. And then for the rest of his entire life, the, the kid searches for this creature to mm-hmm. find it again, to find out what it is. And, mm-hmm. and so that he, he talks about like um, sort of believing in magic when you're a kid and when you're an adult, um, you know, how that changes and what, what you actually sort of, um, you know, 
come come to believe in like as far as faith or whatever but you know just how how you are sort of inspired as a kid and become different as an adult yeah that's cool i didn't get that backstory i didn't get a chance to talk to him Mm -hmm. but um yeah, like, I think that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, like, when, you, when you're actually playing the game, you see him kind of, like, like, your main character kind of, like, studying and reading books and stuff. And it almost seems like some of the tiles you see are from further down the timeline um, or, or something. like It's just, like, it's not the same. It's the same character but not at the same time in his life. It seems like there's kind of some interesting storytelling going on there. So uh-huh. looking forward to that. Yeah. I forgot the name of the, my favorite game today. Stephanie yeah. Help, the one that's um, done. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm laying. I've been laying down this whole podcast. I never. Been, I'm, I'm I'm horizontal. Everyone else is sitting up. I'm like literally laying down in front of the microphone. What was your favorite? Well, it's it's the one uh, that Raw Fury had. Uh, not the one. Not, not the last night, but the other one that. Oh oh. Uh, Dora um, Dana, Dara Dara Donna, Dodongo. <laughs> Dan, Dandara, Dandara. Dandara. That sounds yeah. right. That's how could you forget that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Metroidvania. Uh, this is at the indie mix tonight. Yeah. Uh, there was a bunch of cool things. Um, Isn't there... this the one that stars the kick-ass black woman with the afro? Yes, it is. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get into that. That was one of the aspects I really like. But uh, the indie mix they had great games like like Days Gone and Wolfenstein Three. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Far, uh, no, uh, Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah, there you go, yeah. No, it was uh, so yes, it is the one that's yeah has a it's like a Brazilian woman, um, and it's about yes, that's right, yeah, yeah, and it's so it's got it's a Metroidvania and it's got that uh that two D style the the retro style, but it also has the that the color scheme you might think of when you think of South America or Brazil, where it's a lot of yellows and that kind of pale green and uh. uh so there's sort of a lushness to the look that I really appreciate. Just like in Three Caballeros. Yes, yes, exactly, Mike. Um, and then... But there's also a lot of, you know, vertical gameplay. You're going up to the roof, you're going down back to the floor. Well, it's like VVVV or... Um, there's a couple other ones, but uh, that's the, the biggest one. I think it's like VVVV. Uh, it started as a mobile game. And the idea was he wanted to make a, a Metroidvania on mobile... So the way he did this is essentially create a character that doesn't run. You don't like use a thumbstick to move him around or virtual stick. You just are pushing her uh, in a direction and flinging her like up either on the ceiling uh, or on a wall, but not uh, somewhere else on the ground. It's like it has to be somewhere that's kind of opposing or opposite of where you are right now. Uh, and if you can aim at it, you can just fling it, and it's real simple, and it kind of locks on. And I was playing with a controller. Uh, Raw Fury came in, they're like, hey, this game's great, but it will work with a controller, so let's just take this control system that is very simple, uh, and then bring it back into a controller system, and it really did work to have this... Um, Wait, has this already come out on mobile, or...? I don't think so, I think he, they was, he was pitching it to Raw Fury as a oh, mobile so game. it's not even going to be a mobile game now. I know, I think it's going to be both. It's going to be mobile, and it's going to be on console and PC, okay. it's going to be on all of them. But what's really cool is it's going to be on Switch. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, of course. I, I, all, all, any game... That is vaguely like a Metroidvania needs to be on. So all the all at the indie mix, it was cool to see like the big <coughs> Nintendo Switch like logo that on top of these TVs because they know everyone was asking about it, so they just like yes, it's coming to the Switch. Oh my god! And they, all those booths would get a lot of attention too. Um, but I I, I, th- I just really like uh, how how interesting it was to do this this sort of flinging mechanic 
and how it locked on super sim uh, super accurately and, and simply. So I would uh, I was playing like another game, a twin stick shooter, and getting the, the the right stick to to aim in a certain direction with my bullets and trying to target a faraway enemy was difficult. And I could do it if I'm really focusing. Uh, in this game, I just had to kind of get it in the general direction of where I wanted to go, and it would show me this like green uh, sort of guideline saying, "This is where you're going to go if you hit jump now." And I'm like, oh, okay, this is perfect. And I, it wasn't exactly where I was aiming, but it was close enough and kind of what I wanted. And so I'd hit jump and I'd go over there. And I got to a point where uh, I could quickly be jumping up and down on the walls, back on the ground, around enemies, uh, evading their attacks, uh, getting to a point where I could charge up my gun because you can't just shoot immediately. You have to charge up your gun before you attack, uh, which creates this kind of this nice delay and this very reactive, uh, defensive-based gameplay style um, where you need to kind of understand how the enemies are going to move and then move around them and do this dance and get ready to do the, the, that attack uh, that I found really, it was kind of beautiful. It was, it was really neat and very, very, very interesting. But the style of the game, I think might be what the thing that might stand out the most, that so, Brazilian so, culture. So while the last night is getting all the attention from Raw Fury. Yeah. And the, yeah, those poor guys. It, it, in reality, <laughs> Well, I mean, The Last Night is, is is a game that it's, it's it got a lot of attention for a reason before the bad attention. Yeah, I but mean, but it's, it sounds like Dendara really is the gem from Raw Fury. This I mean, I was into show. it. Yeah, I was super happy with it, uh, and I think it's um, I think it's gonna be one that I'm gonna be especially on the Switch, but in any of these games, uh, I'm gonna be spending a lot of time with it. I like Metroidvanias, and I think this is a, an interesting spin on that. Uh, so yeah, totally, I'm totally into it. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for all of our games. Now. Yeah, God. <laughs> so, this you is. You have to do laundry, Mike. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. This is our last episode for me three. Um, I mean, I know we said one game, but any final thoughts from anybody? Nintendo easily won. I think they really. I mean, they at least won the mindshare thing. I mean, with between Mario and even just kind of starting to talk about Metroid again, that's what people are, are you, interested in. You posted in. that thing about the YouTube videos. The top five most watched one. And so it was four of them were Nintendo. Four or five, and you know, you were talking. We, we were talking a little bit. You were worried, like, are people going to care about you know, like, Metroid Samus, uh, Samus Returns? That was number four on there. Yes, but I think people do care above, above Metroid kind of, Prime Four. But yeah. Metroid Prime well, Four, Metroid 4 is not much to see. Right. My final thought of E three is, well, real quick, God of War not even in the top five. It was like number hey, six. God of, God of War, you know, they they demonstrated that they know how to create trailers better than anybody. It was a good. It was a very good trailer. I don't think they could create shows better than Nintendo. But that Nintendo, that Mario trailer is better. They know how to tell a story <laughs> in a trailer, and that's, that's so, Although, if we're saying that, the Wolfenstein trailer is better. But that's so thing. my final thought for me. Story there for this. I know. Yeah, it was. It was. It was bizarre. It is about how if they bring back fans and consumers to the show next year, I hope they do something to help with the lines because those, you know, some of those people are waiting five hours to play a game and that should never happen they, in a show. They, they need to either have a consumer day or have a press day. They have to, they have to, there's got to be, I mean... Yeah, I don't even care about the press side. It's just, I don't think it's, I don't think anybody should pay as much money as these folks were paying come in and wait five hours to play a game. That's just not right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even just that. Like, because people wait in line all day at San Diego Comic-Con. People yeah. do wait three, four hours in lines at, at PAX. It's just that they are fully aware of what they're getting when they buy tickets to San yeah. Diego Comic-Con. And they weren't for and this. PAX. And the, the communication wasn't there. It was, it was a... Uh, 
It was, there was nothing. I mean, I was talking to someone from, I think, like, MPD, and I was like, oh, it was a communication gap. He's like, that's a nice way of putting it. It was like, there was just actually just nothing. So, yes, I, I think the ESA is aware of it. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to someone who has, does, like, like, sit on the board of ESA, and they were saying, yeah, we're, we, we're going to have to go back and discuss this and figure it out. So they're at least aware that there is a problem. And I expect, like, we're recording this on, you know, Wednesday night, very early, early Thursday morning, actually. Um, and Thursday's usually when the ESA, who runs the E3 event, puts out their press release saying, here's how many people came. It was very exciting. How great was it? I expect they're, they're going to have to have some way of addressing this concern that both the press and the public it have. Seems like, it seems weird to have, it's a known quantity. Right? Like they knew how many tickets they sold. Yeah. It's, it's like you know how crowded you're making it. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I just hope it's better for fans next year. I hope it's better for me next year. I think it is hard to (laughs) sort of uh, um, take something that, like, say, you know, Sony's booth didn't change. Yes. But, you know, they have the same number of stations out there, but all of a sudden there's 15,000 more people who actually want to play. Right. And so the way they dealt with this is they had an app, and I I meant to write this story today, but we went to a party instead. Um, Yeah. They have an app, and the app is like you wake up at 9.30, and you sign up for the, an appointment, and you just show up at that time. But the booth itself isn't, like, locked off or anything. So the people are still walking between those aisles, and it is very, very crowded the entire time. And today, 9.30, people got on, the app crashed. And it was <laughs> down, I think, all day, and then it crashed again at 1.30 when you could have uh, signed up for more appointments. And, yeah, and I, I, I was telling people from Sony about this, so like, oh, First, we're hearing about it, so it was like, okay, yeah, it was, that's it's kind of rough. Like, if that's how it's going to work, so I mean, that is technology. At the same time, we understand that these things can crash, but the people that pay three hundred dollars, they that's don't. What I feel they don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're the ones using the app too. We didn't have to use the. I didn't have to use an app to get an appointment. That, that they're the ones that have to go through this process. So yeah, and as a first timer, I was totally unfamiliar with the layout, and there's mm. no maps. Around. And there used to be, and there is no one you could ask for mm. help. Like I was trying to find the press box, and I just kept being told that they weren't doing press appointments, which is obviously not true because we all made appointments, yeah. you know. And is like everyone was so unhelpful. You didn't know who to talk to. You talk to one security guard, they would tell you to talk to another security oh, guard. Oh yeah, god yeah. And like I can't even there, imagine there if is you no were general public, you know. There's no equivalent of the PAX enforcer, which yeah. are are actually very helpful people. The volunteers mm-hmm. at PAX. Um, yeah, and this is like Jason. You said you worked on the E3 show daily, right? In the past, this is the first year they haven't had it. Ryan Ryan O'Donnell, who uh, you know used to be a PC or now Ryan Scott. Ryan Scott, that's right, that's right. Uh, who used to be at a CGW and, and a GFW. Uh, he's he ran that thing for the last couple of years since the first year. He's not here because they're not doing it, and it's like that, that's usually what happens. The map in it. Yeah, yeah. that that and, was always the great map. Yeah, and it just seems like such like the first year you're gonna have the public is the have, first year you yeah. don't have a paper map. Yeah. And they, so they just interesting. knew they couldn't print enough of them. Like, ah, the heck with it. But they and, didn't even yeah. have like the you you are here like kind of mall kiosk map. Right. You know, you, like there's no there's way like to figure out where you well, are. They had they had upstairs of West Hall. Yeah, there's one there. There's a <laughs> touch screen computer where you could go up there and find out where everything is. Oh, yeah, I saw I that where all, all the press was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had one in the press room too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the, yeah. those people. Like a lot of people are vets. You know, they've been there a lot of. 
times, but like yeah. me and the I Republic. I hope that they do this again, that they make it better. They just need to figure out the what people they want to pay so much money to come. If right. they want it to be a general audience event, that's fine, but you can't literally just put on last year's E3 with 15,000. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah, what they did. We could do a future podcast on how to design the next E3. Right? That's not our problem. They all have to pay it. That's free consulting, Dean. We need yeah, to get paid. You know, there's things like China Joy. We need to get paid, Dean. Dean. Tokyo Game Show. Give it away the. Give away the milk for free. Jeff said something. Just said something earlier. Is Jeff a clone? I got to know. What? What is happening? <laughs> so, I'm so good. You were a clone earlier, like an hour ago. Oh, we're, we're ending this podcast. <laughs> is Jeff a clone? I'm, I'm with Stephanie on this. I is am a clone. a clone. So we're signing off from Los Angeles. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading, and we're we'll be excited to talk to you some next week. I want to sleep, Ugly. I hope I don't talk to you. I'm your one-up boy. <laughs>